Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adela Marcy Unplugged. I'm your host, Adela Marcy, and today we're sponsored by none other than purelyhosting.com forward slash Adel. Go there, get your website built by them. Um, they have a really good shared business hosting that we use for one of our businesses, which is really fun. And we're also sponsored by uh, bensettleshow.com. Or is it the bensettleshow.com? Ben, which one am I going for here? Uh, just bensettleshow.com. We don't have the the in there. I mean, you can call it that, but it won't be the right URL. Yeah, just like bensettleshow.com. Um, as you guessed, our guest today is none other than the legend that is the entrepreneur, the um, crazy person that we like to call the email player himself, Ben Settle. Ben, thank you for doing the show, man. Well, thank you for having me on because apparently we haven't talked in like 20 years. So much, yeah. Uh, since I was like six years old, that was the last time Ben and I actually had a conversation. Uh, I was still a dumbass then and... You know, so wide-eyed and tomfoolery. I didn't grow out of that until I was 20, so <laughs> there was a long time of dumbassery going on. But, dude, it's um, going through it. Man, you've had, like, some incredible growth since the last time we spoke. Because I think the last time we spoke, you had only started the crypto letter, or you were halfway through the first year. Yeah, I, I, depending on when that was, I, I launched crypto the first, I think, January or February of 2010. So oh, Wow, no, this was before crypto letter. This yeah. is just like right on the cusp of when you were launching. Probably. I mean, it's been a while. It's, yeah. Still some of the best stuff out there, by the way. Ah, thank you. Yeah, I, I, um, one of my friends was like throwing out a bunch of marketing stuff like recently that he had at his place. He was like, yeah, I don't do this marketing stuff anymore. I don't need it because he ended up going into stocks and bonds and making a crap load of money. He's like, do you want any of this stuff? And that was like the first three editions of, the, of your crypto letter in on Zesk. I was like, mine. Nice. Fuck you, mine. <laughs> he was like, oh, okay, fine. Do you know this Ben Settle guy? He's like, yes, of course I do. Why wouldn't I? First chapter, still love it. Joker quote. Why would, yes. If you're good at, do, at anything, why would you do it for free? I would so get that tattooed on my body if I could have tattoos. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of my favorite quotes too. And, and it's very true. I mean, that's like one of the things that people online especially have to get in their heads is quit doing everything for free unless you have some kind of strategy behind it. People just do it because they think, oh, I give stuff away for free. People will like me more. I don't want people to like me. I want people to respect what I have to show them. You know what I mean? There's a big difference. Oh, massively. So the whole, um, do you mind if I actually give the listeners here a little bit of a taste of what is essentially inside that newsletter? Yeah, I mean, go ahead. It's like the Joker, right? Like nobody likes him, but yeah. everyone respects him or they could die. So <laughs> Fun so, fact for you, because you don't have, yeah. we haven't spoken for ages in this, but I can actually do Heath Ledger's voice as the Joker. Nice. Yeah, like to the point where a lot of my friends are like, dude, seriously, that's kind of scary. Could you stop? I'm like, no. <laughs> I'll have a conversation and order a pizza in his voice and see what happens. It's the best. It just messes with people. Um, but the bit that I'm actually getting at is what you just said. It's the whole, uh, there was an analogy you gave which stuck with me and has stuck with me since. And it's why I like stopped creating information products and kind of just focused on my copywriting, like consulting business. And now I'm moving back to the information product business. So I'm like, okay, now I've mentally got this down to what Ben was saying, which is simply the guru's platform or the gurus, as you like to call them, um, as the people can't see what I'm doing. I've got like bunny marks in the air, like, you know, little quotations. <laughs> um, essentially what you said was that they have this whole strategy, which is give away a bunch of stuff for free and people will come and buy. And you're like, let's akin that to two restaurants. So like, there's your restaurant and the, there's the competitor restaurant. They're doing everything the gurus tell them, which is they're selling out all the filet mignon, all the steak, all the stuff. And they're just giving it away for free. And goes, yeah, they'll get more traffic. But at the end of the day, all you're doing is giving samples. 
at the end of the day, they may get more people through the door, but they'll be bankrupt by the end of the day and you'll have money and business and customers. Yeah, it's, you know, and I'm not going to say that won't ever work for information where you can just deliver stuff digitally and all that. And it does work for people who have like a kind of like a rock star persona. Yeah, they do things and then people think, oh, I can do that. But unless you have that guy's positioning and his branding and his joint venture network and his affiliate network and all these other intangibles that nobody talks about, that stuff's just going to hurt you. I mean, I'm not saying you won't get any sales, but you're not going to get nearly as many sales. And then you're just going to be training people to expect free, which turns people very hostile. Some people, at least, very hostile when you try to sell them something. I say just sell people stuff. You give I mean, I'm not saying you can't give away some free stuff now and then, but I personally don't very often. And if I do, it's certainly not in emails. I'll do it like on a website or something where it's strategic. Where I'm trying to demonstrate something, but it's not like, oh, let me just keep giving you free stuff so that you'll think, oh, if this is the stuff he's giving away for free, imagine the paid stuff. It's just, to me, it's not selling. That's just being a giveaway artist. Exactly. And thank God you actually gave it a name because that is so much better than the one I've got, which is dumbass. <laughs> But, you know, an info dumbass, because those are fun to have. I'll, I'll use that one, too. I like that. <laughs> an info dumbass. Stop being one. Um, but, dude, seriously, so, like, let's catch up. Like, since then, you've done, like, as Did you have a zombie novel come out? Or was it a zombie uh, crime novel? I can't remember. Yeah, I've had... I published Zombie Cop in March of 2014, and then I published its sequel, Vampire Apocalypse, and I believe it was January 2015. And then... In November, this last November 2015, I published the third novel in the series, The uh, Demon Crossfire. And I'm going to start writing the fourth one probably in April. Man, that is so freaking awesome. I mean, this is the thing I love about this show and what I love about interviewing entrepreneurs in particular is we do more than one thing. And yet so yeah. many people kind of bottleneck this into it. Like, I'm sure with you, some people have actually reached out to you and like, hey, you're the email guy. Can we talk about email for the next hour? And you're like... Dude, you do know I've got other stuff I do outside of email. Like, you know, I have this whole information product business. I have a consulting business. I also have these books that come out all the time, like sell really well. Yeah, I want to talk about zombies and vampires. I can talk about that stuff all day long and re related to business or whatever you want. You know, it's like nobody that, ever asks though. <laughs> that's the shit that I love though. It's like because right now I'm going through. It's kind of funny because I was speaking to someone a couple of weeks ago, and they, um, I didn't take it as an offensive thing. I kind of like took it as a humorous thing, and I was like. If I told Ben this, he'd probably bitch slap the person as much as I would, but it's kind of funny at the same time. Um, I was like, he was like, oh, so what do you do outside of copywriting? I'm like, I'm writing a, a crime novel that I've been writing for the last year and a half. And he's like, oh, so you're taking, so you're copying Ben Settle then? I was like, no, I'm not. Please stop saying that. Ben is doing something completely different to what I am. And he's like, I love Ben, but please don't compare us. I think he would actually hate that slightly. Let's yeah, I mean, I'm I mean that, that's the thing that, you know, we all have our, our copycats and I don't now like, let's say somebody's copying you and copying me, for example, and they're, they're, they're putting themselves out there trying to position themselves exactly how I am. And they come out with a zombie novel. Then I might, I mean, I wouldn't care. It would actually amuse me, but it, it wouldn't help them at all. Like <laughs> they got to do their own thing, be your own person and stand out on your own two feet. Don't try to like cling to the, to the, pants or skirt of someone else you know it doesn't make any sense oh entirely i mean don't get me wrong get mentorship from that person get helped by them by all means but yeah. don't, don't emulate them to the point where you're just ripping them off essentially because that sucks but well, let me give you i give you a real life example of this if you want Go real ahead. life so i'm a i'm an unabashed copywriting fanboy of, of guys like gary Bensavanga and gary halbert and 
Eugene Schwartz and Ken McCarthy and all these guys who have done like a great body of work on the subject of copywriting. Now, if you were to buy everybody's product, you're going to find they all have unique takes on things. But really, we're all talking about the same principles. Just some people have different experiences and more test results and that sort of stuff. So I came out with a copywriting product um, not too long, like a month ago, actually. And I, when I was writing the ad for it, I, I was like, man, I got to make this different. Otherwise, what's the point? I don't want to look like just a wannabe so-and-so. This has to be uniquely me. Even though some of the stuff I'm teaching it overlaps with probably what everybody else is teaching, it still has my own unique spin on it. And I got the idea from Ken McCarthy, who he was interviewing me for some something for his site. And to promote that interview, he said, Ben's a slacker. He, yeah, he writes an email every day and he slacks off. And I said, that's my position right there. And I, I learned positioning from him, by the way. So I'm constantly thinking this. That's the position. I'm the copy slacker. I'm the guy that shows you how to slack off. You're not going to be an A-plus writer. You're not going to be a world-class writer. You're not going to be an A-list copywriter. But you're going to be able to write really profitable ads really quickly without a lot of less overwhelm and stuff because, you know, I'm kind of a slacker myself. I don't want to spend two months on an ad. And had I just went the other way and just said, oh, let me copy what Dan Kennedy did in his or what so-and-so did in theirs, it would, it would actually have hurt me. And okay. it would have been okay. But my, my diehard fans, they would have bought it anyway, but it wouldn't have made me unique in the world of copywriting. So you know, always be thinking positioning and whatever you do. If you, you know, I'll give you another example now that we're talking about this. Yeah, go for it, man. You know, you know who Johnny Carson was, right? I mean, you're kind of young. Yeah, no, okay. I remember Johnny Carson. I ended up watching like, a lot of the shows later on in life. Okay, so King of Late Night. Mm -hmm. Back in the '80s, or maybe it was the early '90s, I can't remember. Arsenio Hall came like on as like a competitor. He was a late night guy. Eighties, and people, yeah, it was the '80s. Okay, I mean, you remember better than I do. <laughs> so, so he came on, and but he was smart. He's like, I can't compete with Johnny Carson. This is ridiculous. There's no way I'm going to beat Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson been doing it since like the, the '60s, and you know his audience is huge. More people knew Johnny Carson than who the president was, basically. So what he wisely did is he goes. I need to find my position, my place, my position in this this demographic, in this time slot, actually. He goes, what if I go after the children of Johnny Carson and make that uniquely my own? And he was a raging success because he looked for that position. Mm -hmm. He didn't just try to copy Johnny Carson. Oh, yeah. It's the same with um, – like I love watching talk show hosts and late night show hosts. Um, like right now we've got uh, John Stewart left The Daily Show and you know Trevor Noah's in right now. And it's interesting to see how the demographics change, because they do change ever so slightly if you look at who's watching what now. Because I'm more of a fan of, say, John Oliver than I am of The Daily Show, and I used to love The Daily Show. Yeah, well, that's an, that's the thing. It's like you have to – you know, it's – okay, so I talked about Ken McCarthy. He wrote this book called The System Club Letters, which is like <sighs> one of the – if not the best business book I've ever read, certainly one of them. Oh, uh, yeah. Right up there, my books. Top 10 you, easy. Do you remember like the second chapter when he's talking about jazz and he's like, you know, in jazz, you don't, knockoffs don't exist because you have to bring something unique to the table. In business, he says, you can get away with it for a little while, but eventually you got to bring something unique, just like the jazz musicians do. And I think that's a very good mindset to have. Yeah. It's, um, it's like one of the craziest things I actually love about Ken's stuff is his see it in the top sales letter. Yeah. To this day, one of my favorite letters to read. One, it's really, really weird. Um, whenever I go, well, every entrepreneur goes through this. We, we have crashes where we feel sad and depressed and shit when we, 
like, you know, crazy stuff. Some people get drunk, some people want to kill themselves, some people, like, just want to, <laughs> like, go mad and whorish. Whatever happens, everyone has those little tendencies based on, you know, just right as we do. So, what I usually do is my ritual to get me back on track is watch Zoolander, which I've seen God knows how many times, and don't judge me, everyone, Blue Steel is amazing. It's a cult classic. Shut up. Uh, followed <laughs> by Fight Club, because Fight Club. And then reading, um, watching Frank Kern's Mass Control 2.0 sales letter, followed up by reading Ken McCarthy's See at the Top sales letter. And by that okay. last point, I've actually got back to the point where I can actually start writing again. It's the strangest little ritual. Take a day out, do that, done. By that evening, I'm like, right, right, ready to go. Let's write something new. Yeah, but what, you know, whatever it is that works for you, you know, and the thing is, we're talking about copying people. What you do is not going to necessarily work for someone else. That's like your unique way of dealing with things. And, you know, that's what I'm, I guess the whole point, I don't even know where we're going with this, but I would just say this, that, you know, just blindly copying people, you know, learn the fundamental, pick someone you want to learn the fundamentals from, but don't, don't try to be a mini them or you're never going to get that. You're never going to get out of their shadow for one thing and never be able to actually show the world what you uniquely have to offer, which everybody does. Mm. I mean, you can see it in, like, every aspect of it. almost everything. Writing, sports, um, write, you know, acting, film directing, just anything that has a mentorship style. There are people who break away, and the only reason they break away is because they learn the fundamentals and then craft their own path, which is brilliant. And Yeah, you know, that, that's all I really do, dude. I, honestly, that's all I care about is the fundamental. I don't even... When somebody says, hey, did you work this, like, nested loop in your email? I don't even know what the fuck that means. I, I, I don't even care. <laughs> What I know is like an offer, you know, be inter be interesting, you know, have a have a logical sale. I mean, like the basic stuff, mm. subject line or a sales letter. My my, the, here's how I write a sales letter: headline, opening sentence, story, bullets, close. <laughs> like I'm just, you know, I'm not following NLP and all this other crap. I'm just doing I, what I know works, and so. I I love how your thing is like essentially what my like mine was very very similar. It's only like five steps of that, and then I was like, wait a second, there's idiots out there that are asking me like a million questions. I need to break this down further. So I created like a seventeen point checklist, which is like so like pre headline headline sub headline opening paragraph who you are <laughs> just go like this. It's just like the same thing, but micro stepped. Because that's that's the thing though. I mean, like to me, it's like these thirty-eight point checklists is what confused the hell out of me when I yeah. first got started. And I was like, I need to like when I create when I went through when I've kind of worked through the five steps I just said. Not like I invented any of these, but it was my way of um, simplifying it for myself because I'm a simple-minded guy, you know. And so I like an email. I I literally I don't think about open loops and nested loops and all these other things. Nothing wrong with any of that stuff, by the way. I just like people get like they ask me about. It. I'm like I don't even know what you're talking about. All I know is this: I I, thought, I, I told a story and I segued into why they should buy my product. That's the essence of it right there, you know. And so anyway. my cat my cat agrees with you wholeheartedly. He's meowing his fucking head off right here. It's brilliant. Um, <laughs> speaking of email, because I do want to go into this, uh, Dan Gallup, who was on the show recently, Doberman Dan, absolutely love him. And yeah. uh, after the call, he and I had this conversation, and you came up, and he was like, oh, yeah, I remember when we were, we, he was, Ben was doing crypto life at the time, and then he turned around to me and said, you know what, I'm going to charge $97 just to teach email marketing. And Dan apparently said to you, no one's gonna pay night seven bucks. He for that. did, and then you were you like, know what? "Screw you!" Kudos, kudos to him because everyone else who said that is denied saying that. But I remember him saying it. he's—he didn't say he wasn't mean about it. He just, you know, we were just in a mastermind together, and he just couldn't like wrap his mind around like why people would do that, and that you know, I I just knew it would work. 
I didn't, I mean, I, I had a feeling I wouldn't have done it otherwise, but I'm really glad that, that he, you know, that just shows you the intellectual honesty of Doberman Dan. Yeah, the guy's integrity is like off the charts in my opinion. It like is. One of the coolest people. And um, that's like a huge thing, by the way, just as a side note for anyone that's in business right now, if you really want to get into the high echelon of getting to know guys like Ben, Dan, um, Gallopu, and all the other guys, be integral in who you are. And, you know, count your fuck-ups. If you fuck up in front of them, apologize for it because believe it or not that's the thing that's going to mend that's going to mend roads over time is the worst thing you can do is someone that denies it and well yeah and you know in his case he you know he wasn't really screwing anything up he just was like oh, yeah he just couldn't he just he just couldn't wrap like and it wasn't just him everybody i talked to was like ben there's a disconnect shouldn't you deliver it by email and make his digital and all this stuff and i said no you guys don't you guys don't understand my vision for this and i didn't even understand i just ran with it and it worked out well and, and it became this amazing yeah. thing and by the way i'm not saying anything about the um, other guys that like denied this i'm just saying like as a general life rule just be yeah, integral yeah. to who you are and i'll give you guys an, I'll, I'll rant a little bit on this because it's the thing that happened right now in the last five days as we're shooting this i've ended up in the um er room twice in the last five days for two different things both sports related by the way first one i messed up my knee because some guy and he was like oh man i'm really, really sorry i was cool with that and then some dude, uh, do you ever watch like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, like yeah. mixed martial arts yeah. stuff? Right, so yeah. this guy got me in a freaking armbar, but like an overhook armbar, and I'm hyper-flexible, so I'm like, fuck you, I can get out of this. Yeah. Thing is, when you're rolling and like sparring, you're not supposed to snap them on. You're supposed to like slowly put the pressure on so the other guy knows, hey, he's got me, I'm going to tap now. Yeah. This dude snapped it on so quickly before the words tap left my mouth. I had my elbow pop like in three different places. Ah. So right now I kind of like have this weird sling thing going on. I'm trying not to move my hand. It's really fucked up when you go through London um, with your hand like across your belly because then everyone thinks that you're holding a bomb or some shit because you're brown <laughs> and wearing a backpack and look scruffy as shit. And seriously, the amount of people that avoided me today was brilliant. I was like, cool, I get to go up the subway steps on my own. I'm cool with yeah, this. I would love that. I would love that. I'm going to get out of my way. It's like, everyone, fuck out of here. I was just thinking, how could Ben get away with this? Just go around saying Islam to people and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Instantly, you'll be like, oh shit, people are out my way. You know, there, there are so many, now that you bring this up, there are so many lessons that come from the martial arts world that translate directly to business and marketing and selling and persuasion and success, all that stuff. And um, now I didn't know you were into that stuff. So that's cool because I, now I, I don't do that. I do this thing called Wing Chun Kung Fu. Nice. And, and I've only been doing it for about a year, you know, and I still feel like a dumbass at it, but that's okay. But the point is, is like the, the, the big, I, I learned every time I go into a lesson, I learn something that I can apply to my business. I don't always remember the lesson, but sometimes I, like my entire copywriting slack, top copy slacker course, the foundation really comes from knowing your market better than anybody else. But even uh, like the analogy I used in the product was Wing Chun Kung Fu. The first thing you learn in Wing Chun is the, what they call the form. I, I don't. I could say the Chinese name of it, but I'd probably butcher it, the pronunciation. And you get into this very special stance where your legs, your your arms are back slightly uncomfortable. Your legs are are like they're squeezing like a like a melon or something. You're just in this really powerful position that it's really hard to move you, no matter how big or strong you are. And you go to this series of movements, which make the the essence of pretty much the entire form art. I mean. And the seafood tells me every time, he goes, Ben, when you're practicing on your own and, and, you, and you, I'm not here to help, 
just remember everything is in the form. Everything you need to know, just go back to the form and you'll learn, you'll remember how to apply it. And, and that's how it is in anything you want to do, the fundamentals. Every, just If you get stuck with something, go back to the fundamentals. And it's such a simple sounding thing, but it's so profound. It, it, will, it, it just will save your ass every time. Oh, I agree entirely. And kind of a fun fact, just to kind of sidetrack here. Um, well, there's two, but the first one I'm going to give you is like, do you know how Wing Chun was actually invented? Uh, yeah, it was a, a girl invented it. She, yeah, it was nuns. Like, yeah, like a nun, when they were sacking the, the temple or whatever, she ran out. She's the only one that had the information. And then she went, so it's, it's weird because it is very much a girly, like it's, like, it, you know, you don't want to tell someone who's really good at this, they're a girl, yeah. but you are fighting like a girl basically because you have to multitask and it's all about not have relying on physical strength and power. You like generate power from within rather than like externally, like a girl would need to do to fight like off a stronger guy. But, uh, you know, you, you, you go up to this and you see some of the people who do it, like Robert Downey Jr. and shit. And these are like total badasses, man. I wouldn't mess with any of those guys. Yeah, it's insane how like um, very few people really understand um, what happens in like martial arts and how it all relates to everything and who really does it. Like recently I found out Ashton Kutcher could kick my ass in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Who'd have thought? The guy's like a purple belt, and even worse, I found out Justin fucking Bieber has a purple belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and his dad—that's a former Muay Thai world champion. That's I didn't like, know they let—I didn't know they let girls in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Really, Bieber? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It's really fucked up and funny, but it's so true. Because like, I remember seeing it, and everyone on like the underground for, uh, forums when they saw it was like, "What the? No bullshit! This is bullcrap." Then someone rolled with him, and they were like, "No, he's really good. He can tap me out." And they're like, damn, he knows what he's doing. Because, like, um, it's a big thing. Because I spent most of my youth, uh, I started off copywriting as, like, 12, unknowingly. Um, I also did Muay Thai alongside it. Like, I started doing Thai boxing almost immediately right alongside it. And then MMA exploded. And I did a little bit of MMA. And then, like, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because my bones couldn't take, take couldn't take a beat in it anymore. Like, I could not. <laughs> like, if you punch me a couple of times in the head, I'll yeah. fuck you up, but it'll hurt afterwards. I'll get like a headache after I like beat the shit out of you. <laughs> I'm done. Let's just go home. I'm just gonna rest and just not feel feel good for a couple of days. Um, but the one of the biggest lessons I learned from Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and I didn't know this because I used to struggle against it. And you see it with a lot of new people who are coming in. I'm still a new guy, in my opinion. Um, and it's positioning and learning how to accept what's happening, and it's like going with it. So uh, I'll give you an example. Like guard position is great. But you can't try and re you can't keep fighting stuff. For you can't apply the knowledge that you have in guard when someone's passed you and got to like half guard. You're like, okay, I have to retrieve back to guard so I can do the shit I know how to do at guard. You can't be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go do the sweep that doesn't work in half guard because it's a completely new set of options that appear. And it's the same with business. You can't like try and do what you know in business. Well, you can, but you will fail terribly, terribly at it. Um, with old set rules so like things change times change people change you need to know how to adapt to those things while still keeping the fundamentals yeah you know that's that's a that's pretty much the foundation of wing chun too it's you know it's less i mean you can attack with it obviously but most of it is somebody attacks you you accept that that energy coming at you, redirect it back at them and hit them 10 times harder. And it's all about they attack you. You position yourself specifically to accept that that power 
and use it right back at them. And, and I'll tell you what, in email, I do it all the time. Like somebody sends me some, some hate mail, right? Some stupid like troll mail or something. I'll reprint it in the next day's email and show them why they're wrong and turn it into a reason to buy my product. So, you know, it's the same, like it's the same principle. And, and once people like start thinking, once you start thinking that way, everything changes. Like I think everyone in business should be studying some kind of martial art. If for no other reason that those old school, you know, Chinese and Japanese guys, they knew stuff, man. They like, it's pretty brilliant how all these systems are put together. A lot of deep thought goes into this stuff and you know, it, it just makes you a smarter businessman studying oh. it. Entirely, and it's almost like meditation when you do it as well. Like it's yeah. like the strangest thing. You come out and you feel better. Yeah, you're kind of lost in it because you have to. You can't really let your mind wander or anything. It's like when somebody's attacking you, you kind of, you know, until this. And, and I'm not at the point where everything's just automatic. Like I would, you know, I'm probably like two or three years away from that still. But you know, I, I see the seafood. I mean, there's nothing you can do to hit this guy. He's been doing it for 30 years or something like that. He's got his name engraved on the Shaolin Temple. You know, he knows his stuff. And like, for him, he goes, Ben, trust me. One day, this is gonna be like driving for you. Like, you won't even have to think about this stuff. And it's the same in business. You know, when people get started out in marketing, we get all, thrown all this, like, jargon at us and, like, headlines and, you know, positioning and bullets and, you know, this and that. And, you know, and then all the new stuff that's always being taught. And it's like you get lost in it. But once you get the fundamentals nailed down and you just know them like you know anything else, it'd be like writing an ad is easy. Writing an email is easy. You know, selling is actually not hard. It's like it just becomes automatic. You're, you know, it's funny. Okay, I'll give you a real-life example. So uh, – I used to live in this town called, that I called the Burgle, which is Roseburg, Oregon. I no mm -hmm. longer live there. Uh, for people who don't, who might recognize it, there was a, a really bad shooting there last fall. Actually, some guy went crazy at the community college, Damn. so it was like all over the American news at least for a while. So that's its claim to fame. I got out of there because my place was broken into by some meth heads, and they stole a bunch of stuff from me. I'm like, that's it. I'm going back to the coast. But anyway, while I was living there, I, I have some friends there. And they were a married couple, and they have an autistic child. Now, the guy's like 24 years old. The I say child. They have a son who's like 20. But he's <laughs> autistic, you know, and they, they tend to like, you know, they want to take care of him and all that. And we're all hanging out, and I'm having a good time. And like, I'm like, why don't you guys stay a little longer? It's only like 5 o'clock. I go, oh, we got to get back to our son. You know, he, need, he says he needs us. And I – so – now, I didn't think about it. Like, my ex-copywriting apprentice slash girlfriend, <laughs> she was, like, observing what I did here. I didn't even know I was doing what I'm about to tell you. And I simply asked, like, well, what happens if you don't go back? Like, what's going to happen if you don't go back home? Is he going to die or is he going to, like, get in trouble? He's 24 years old. The guy is actually a pretty brilliant guy. Autistic people tend to actually be very intelligent. Mm -hmm. Like, what, is he going to get in trouble? I mean, <laughs> is he going to, like, you know, I mean, I'm saying this, like, sarcastically, but then, like, well, what's going to happen? Well, nothing, I, I guess. So they ended up hanging out with me the rest of the until like midnight. Now, you could say, well, did I trick them? No, it's just that's as a marketer salesman, I'm trying to get information out of people so I can answer their objections or, you know, get information out of them so I can just skip over objections altogether. That's all I was doing. I was like, okay, you tell me why you have to go because I want you guys to stay here. So I was completely honest about it. I'm not trying to trick them. So why don't you guys tell me what's going to happen if, if you don't go home to him? He's 24 years old. He can take care of himself. Is he going to get hurt? Is he going to get in trouble? Is he going to go, you know, burn the house down? Like, no, no, he's not. Gonna so what's going to happen? Well, nothing really. We just said we'd be home. I said, well, then, but you want to hang with me, right? Well, yeah. Well, just hang with me. He'll understand. And he did. And everything was fine. <laughs> and, you know, I could never have done that, tw you know, 15 years ago when I just started this stuff. I, I wouldn't even have thought to, like, just naturally ask questions when I want something. When I want something from someone, I simply start 
I tell them what I want and then I ask them questions to like get them to get the truth out. Like, you know, why can't you give me what I want? So anyway. It's such, kind of it's such a true thing. There was a really good book by um, Alan Pease called Questions Are the Answers. Um, I don't know if you've ever read that. It's like a network marketing book, which fucking brilliant for selling. It's like, has that one of my favorite books. Hmm, I've never heard that one. Yeah, it's a tiny little book. You'll get through it. But it's like how to position questions for like people that you're trying to recruit and prospect. And if I remember correctly, it was like, okay, so, um, hey, I've uh, so the, the pitch used to be like you'd send this over an email, you'd speak to them face-to-face -face or whatever, and be like, hey, Ben, um, you, uh, you and I have been friends for some time now, and you trust me with what I've done, correct? <laughs> you just put them inside a trap for them with that question. Yeah, and they're like, <laughs> yeah, <insane. laughs> they're like, yeah, you, you know, you've done pretty cool and stuff. I'm like, all right, cool. So what I've actually been doing is working with this company right now that's doing really well. Um, and I have a question of like, there's five things that I like. Pick one of these five. Which one best suits for you? And you give them like a list of five, like more time freedom, more um, financial freedom, more this, more that, vacation time, whatever. I don't really care. It's like the five things that you give them. And then it's like the way they position the question is just genius, which is out of these five, which one is most important to you? Yeah, you get them selling themselves on things before you even show them there's something to buy. Yeah, it's it's pre-qualification. I mean, so, um, Colin Terrio talks about this quite a bit, but it's not a new concept. It's like an old concept, which is if pre-sell your content all the time, use yeah. that to sell the next thing. Um it's absolutely brilliant. But there is something I did want to jump back to in terms of martial arts. And I love this guy because he's the only guy that I've seen that's done it as well as um, the greatest of all time. And that is Conor McGregor. He's like the greatest shit talker that I've ever seen come out of MMA. <laughs> yeah. Up until Saturday, the guy backed it up properly. But even so, I mean, the guy jumped two weight classes to take on a fucking legend, in my opinion. There's, so. there's always somebody that can kick your ass. That's like another lesson. <laughs> like, and in business, too, there's always going to be someone better. Yeah. You can never rest on your laurels. Oh, entirely. Uh, Anderson Silva is case in point for that. And I'm a huge Anderson Silva fan. And, you know, he rested on his laurels against Weidman. Weidman knocked him clean out. Yeah. That was brutal and, to watch, though. And let's not even go into the Ronda. <laughs> yeah, that was, oh, man, that was insane. I, I mean, actually enjoyed that. I can't stand her. I don't think she's nearly as, like, badass as everybody wants her to be. And it was so refreshing to see her get her ass kicked so so beautifully, too. <laughs> oh, man. It's every, it's insane because, like, I'm a huge Ronda Rousey fan as well. I'm like, oh, man, whatever. But then I was like, <laughs> you know, I, I see it from other people's perspective because I like to play devil's advocate when I see these yeah. things. Um, it's like Connor is a sis he, he's from a sister gym that I trained from like my oh my original gym he's like a sister gym from there so like my one of my instructors in Brazilian jiu-jitsu trains with Connor and Gunny Nelson he knows them, like him and Gunny are best friends um, and just shout out to Kenny Baker this guy's a fucking legend um, what he said to me was like he goes he goes I he goes I never predict fights I never give like predictions on who's going to win, but I'll tell you what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. He goes, and I remember having this conversation briefly um, with like the team down playing with a few of my friends, and they were like, "Yeah, I reckon Connor's going to stand and trade and probably like get Diaz, and Diaz is going to be in trouble." I'm like, "You do realize the guy runs triathlons for fun, so he has endless <laughs> gas tank, and the guy has a fucking chin made of like adamantium. Both him and his brother—they've never been knocked out, like." Carlos Condit was like, try knocking Nick Diaz out. I hit him with a kitchen sink and he couldn't even go down. <laughs> even Anderson Silva hit Nick Diaz, and Anderson Silva hits hard. 
his highlight reel is full of knockouts, and he was like, even I can't put this motherfucker away. Fuck this. Like, he must be stoned. <laughs> he's, he's immune to pain. <laughs> but um, jumping into like the email sequencing here, because I did want to get your opinion on this, um, without giving too much away, what is your, like, what, well, I don't even say a formula, but what are the fundamentals that you use for email writing? Because like, there's so many different things. There's people that say, write a short email for a long letter, or some bull crap like that. What's what's the Ben Settle way of doing this? Well, I mean, I learned this from another martial artist, Matt Fury. What I'm about to say, so I'll give him all the props in the world because without learning, observing what he's been doing over the years and all this, I just wouldn't be half as good at this. I know I wouldn't be, but it's talk radio. That's all an email is. It's a freaking talk radio on glass. You know, two, three, four, five, however long, hundred words, thousand words, whatever it is, you're going to put a show on. Now, I don't know if you're aware of American talk radio or not, but every, you know, they break it up into segments. They get it like Rush Limbaugh comes on, there's a segment. He rants about whatever, Obama, whoever he's ranting about. And then they go to a commercial break where they sell you stuff. Now, I can tell you that talk radio is one of the, if not the most direct response friendly sales mediums ever devised by human beings. I mean, it's just like billions of dollars are sold via direct response on talk radio. And so I just apply that to email. I'm going to talk about something. I, I don't know what it's always going to be until I sit down and do it. I might tell a story about something that happened. I might, I might uh, tell people what they're doing wrong. I might just talk about something that's in the news or politics. I might talk about Donald Trump. I might do something. Uh, for example, this week I'm going to talk about why I think a lot of people should should leave the country because they're always complaining, well, we'll leave the country. You know, we get all, if we went to Europe, we get all this free college and all this stuff, right? Like there's this meme going around. Like if you go to Germany or Finland, they, they'll give you free college and $900 a month. So I did the math on it. And I said, well, why don't you just, like if college is that important to you, you're kind of doing yourself a disservice by staying in America. You should go over there, get your free college, Nine hundred dollars a month, you know, and I and I and then I compared it to like the price of America, where it's like twenty three thousand dollars a year and almost a hundred grand over four years. So go leave, you know, get out of here, like you know. And and then of course I'm taking that subject and I'm saying, but if you want to stay and be a grown up, here's how to start a little business, you know, get a product, get an offer, start learning my system of doing email, and you can learn it here. So that's basically the gist of an email that's going on. I think Friday. And like that has, it's just talk radio. It's all it is. It's just what's on my mind. Well, I have an email coming up Saturday to pre-sell the podcast episode I'm putting out Sunday, which is actually an interview with a guy named Ryan Stuman, the hardcore closer, oh, sales dude. closer. I'm trying to get him on the show right now. So oh, I'll, I'll hook you guys up. Oh, he, thanks, he's man. and uh, and I so I, I I start the email off with with something that has nothing to do with the sales or anything. I say, well, I talked about you know I think it's stupid to throw deadbeat dads in jail. Like deadbeat dads being guys who don't pay their child support. I go, there's three reasons why I think it's completely idiotic. You know, and I go into the three reasons. Like it doesn't help anyone, but it really doesn't help the kid at all. Like, you know, he goes to jail, he can't pay anything. When he gets out of jail, he's not going to be able to get a good enough job to pay much. And then the kid's got the stigma of having so much of dad is in jail. Who does this help other than the mother's ego? You know, it's like, and so that's, that was my email. Like, and then I say, speaking of jail, Tomorrow I'm talking about this guy who's in pr nine different prisons and blah, blah, blah. And so that's, that's, what, that's an example of how I'd write an email. I start with something completely unrelated to anything except just 
whatever I'm thinking of, and then I'll tie it into myself. I don't always do that. Sometimes I'll, I try to keep my emails pretty much on topic for the most part, but everything's an email. Any news story, go to drudgereport.com. Every headline there is an email if you need one. And so that's how I do it. That's my philosophy. It's very random. You, do you know my friend Andre Chaperone? Yeah, I, I like Andre's stuff. I'm very unique, though. It is. Andre's stuff and I stuff cannot be more different, right? Like like his his autoresponder madness system is very – and here's the, the example I use is two, a set, two killers, right? You have two killers walking that you meet. One is like this highly trained assassin. He can shoot a, the eye out of a bird from 200 feet away. He spends a good month setting up his kill, you know, his assassin. You know, he's got the wind just right. The scope is just right. Everything is perfectly in place. He shoots the gun. He kills his thing. It's very methodical. And then you have the other killer who walks in to a Burger King with a trench coat twitching and just starts plugging people randomly. That's me. Like, that's my – Andre's system is methodical. Mine is very random. And, like, I always tell people, whatever way you think, like, some people are very methodical. They have a hard time doing what I do because they just – they need it all kind of planned out and storyboard and all that. That's Andre's your man for that because yeah. that's what he does. He storyboards everything out. You get these linked episodic, like – Emails like like a soap opera. It's very very clever. It's it's very methodical. I just don't think that I, I've tried to. I, I can't do it. It's I'm not just us. So, I'm a random guy, man. And so that's my method methodology, and that's just the way I think about things. But again, you know, would I say that's the only way? That'd be like me saying Wing Chun is the best way. It's well, not. It's like whatever way you pick up that works for you. That's the best way. Oh, entirely. Everyone's got their own style. And something that you've just twinged upon that like really makes sense that I like that I used to love doing. As a comparison when people go, Oh, strategy and tactics and who's better and all this because like, like you get asked silly ass questions all the time, like, who do you think's a better person to study under Dan Kennedy or Jay Abraham? And I have the same I have this philosophy which is simple. Jay Abraham it like the analogies, Jay Abraham is the commander in the like in the offices like planning all the shit out like okay we're gonna advance here we're gonna do this and then you know they're gonna do this and it's a pincer movement and they're gonna finish the war whatever it is then you got dan kennedy who's like i'm the guy in the freaking trenches telling you where to go that, that's <laughs> essentially it right now we're here get the fucking thing make the money and then we move on whereas jay's kind of like i want you to make the money right now i think you should make the money right now but also think about the things that are going to happen three steps from now as well. So again, it's strategy versus it's strategy and methodical versus random as fuck. But, yeah, you know, I'll give you a third. Go for it. I mean, there's strategy and there's tactics, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm big on principles. Like, like I use tactics and strategy. Don't get me wrong, but I'm very big on principles because if you have the principles down, it's kind of like like uh, opening a feed sack or a sack of flour, right? You know how you like tear it across the top, mm -hmm. but if, if it, it might, but that string might go down the middle and everything spills out of the place. You can't, it's like, it's a clusterfuck after that, yep. you know, but like principles are like, if you get the principles down, it's like you've opened it across the top clean. Everything's going to come out right. Even if you screw everything, even if you screw something else up, if you have the principles down, right, um, you, you're going to be okay. Now I'll give you an example. There's this guy. And the reason I, I got this mindset from this guy named Jim Camp, who died last year, actually, unfortunately. He was, yeah, I, I heard about that. That's sad. Like, all my heroes are dying off. But he uh, he's the world's, he was the world's most feared negotiator. Like, he was the guy that these Fortune 500 companies brought in to negotiate their $200 million deals or whatever. And the FBI used to bring him in to teach their agents negotiation skills and all that, for, I don't know, 
for whatever, talking someone off a ledge, whatever the hell it was. And <laughs> he talking was the man about on the ledge. We're talking about on the ledge. But he was like the man, right? Like when it comes to negotiation, he was big on principles. He goes, when he was in Vietnam, for example, he's like, when when your when your plane's going down, a tactic would be to try to like pull up and, and fix it, you know, and try to save yourself. Because, but the principle is you just push the eject button. You know, it's like that. That's the only thing you. That's what you're taught. It's a principle. It's not a tactic. You're, you're done. The plane is gone, but you can eject and you can live to see another day. In business, he would talk about things like, like people who who were afraid of like price, right? Like a consultant, for example. He would be like coming into the meeting all worried about price because he knows the customer is going to ask the price. So the tactic is, well, I'll come up with all these ways around price. You know, I'll have all these objections figured out. I'll have all the one-liners and the snappy banter. But Jim Camp's like, no, the principle is you may not be, you may be too expensive for them. So why at the beginning just say, look, as soon as they ask the question, you say, look, I'm expensive. I could be very expensive depending on what you need, but I have to talk to you first to find out if I can even help you at all and then we can talk about the price. But until then, I can't tell you anything. That's a principle. That's not, I mean, it could be a tactic, I guess, but it has to be something you believe that you really can't help everybody and that not everybody is your client and that maybe there's someone else who should be helping them. If you go in with that principle, everything else will fall into place. If the price, all that stuff will fall into place. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm very much a principles type of guy. And, and believe me, I, I, I get people disagree with me at, uh, all the time. And what I always tell people, I say, look, I don't expect you to agree with me. I don't even expect you to understand. <laughs> it's true. And it, it, another word for principles is fundamentals. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it, essentially, again, it's the whole thing. If you have your fundamentals, basics down, everything else, whether it's strategy or tactic, ends up working for you regardless. Yeah. It's just what you, it, and it all works in cohesion as well. That's the best part. It's like all moves together. Yeah. If you just come in with tactics, you're, I mean, it's like, it's as random as my emails, man. It may or may not work. You know, it's like you, you may, it's like when you play golf, right? I play golf. Well, let's say I hit a 400 yard tee shot, which will never happen, but you, you know, need to just, read John Carlton's letter. No, I, 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 I'm in that market actually. Um, but, uh, so it's like the golfer who can hit it 300 yards, but it ends up in the parking lot. <laughs> it's like, you know, it didn't go straight, you know, cause they don't have the fundamentals of actually how to set the shot up, you know, and how to, how to have, um, Align, their alignment down and all this and, and have the wind and factor all this stuff so they just hit it as hard as they can as a tactic and it may go straight or it may wind up on the adjacent fairway you just don't know so that's another example it's a true one it's a very, very true one and the third one for the martial artists in the, in the room that love this kind of stuff um what are the fundamentals of boxing you got six punches essentially you got your straight punches your hooks and your uppercuts if you don't have to do any of those you're going to get lit up a lot of times because you don't know exactly how to move. You don't know where they're coming from. And that's your fundamental basics, by the way. Movement and punching is your basics in boxing. And then you throw them up with combinations. You throw them up with like body shots. Then you can add all that stuff in. But from the get-go, it's the fundamentals that you got to get down. Well, you know, online, people make, like lately, I'm sure you've seen this. Lately, everybody's a funnel expert, right? Oh, don't even get me started. No, no, don't let's, even let's fucking talk, get me started. We've got to talk about uh, this. We now. will, we will, but like, I'm going to try and keep my temper with this, so you go. No, that's fine. That's fine. This is a, <laughs> I love this talk. Because everyone's a funnel. Like, I'm a funnel expert, and here's how to do this complicated funnel, and here's this $300 a month software for funnels, and everybody's in the funnels, and everybody's buying this stuff, and yet they don't have their offer together, right? And I'm, 
there's this uh there's this well talk about Ken McCarthy. Back in 2008, he did a system seminar where he had this guy Lloyd Irvin, who's a martial artist, by the way. Mm-hmm. You don't know Lloyd. Uh, they were up on stage talking to new like for new marketers. It was that was the session. It was for new marketers. Now these guys together, I think Lloyd is doing like 15 million dollars a year, some at the time. I don't know how much Ken does, but it's quite a bit. But just to say together, they've generated you know millions and tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars collectively online. So they kind of know what they're talking about. And people are asking, like, well, how do I use YouTube and Facebook? And like, look, you can use all that stuff if you want, but all the money in our world right now is very simple. Squeeze page, sales letter, relentless email follow-up. Like, that's it. You talk about the fundamentals down to, like, ones. And then when somebody buys, they go on another list, and you send them another email sending them something else. It's that simple. Yet everybody wants to complicate the shit out of funnels to the point where people can't even get started, and they're spending two, $300 a month on software that they're not even ready for yet. So... You know. Oh man, I, I'm so glad that you said that. It's insane. It's like the craziest shit ever. And by the way, everyone that's listening to this call, take this, take note of this. Okay, this just what Ben has just said is the thing that I stress about with everyone. The reason why people have hopped on about why those 15 minute calls they do with people are so amazing is because this is the funnel I follow. By the way, it's dead simple. <laughs> you have traffic, opt-in, first offer that they can afford. You know, the you know, the the hungry crowd offer, starving crowd, here's a thing that's good for you. You guys are really hungry for it. Let's match them together. That's money. The next thing, hey, that was great. How about this other thing? Okay, you bought that. How about this other thing? Okay, you bought that. How about this like group coaching thing? Cool. How about this one on one thing? Great. Anywhere they say no, my whole thing is just go to them and say, oh, that's cool. I, I'm sure you don't want that. That's fine. Um, we're doing a monthly community thing where we send you stuff, stuff out every single month for this low price. Well, I say low. It could be like 47, 97, 97, whatever you want. You place it there. And I guarantee you, you will start getting people buying that. Simply because it's like, it's there. They'll buy it. But how simple is that funnel? It's just like, keep getting them to say yes. And then email follow up with them. The people that say no. Eventually, like I think it's 20%, uh, 80, 20 will... 20% people will buy from like the front end, 80% will buy later on in the day, like in the cycle. Dean Jackson has an amazing analogy on it. I'm not going to go into it because I'll just butcher it and Dean will kill me afterwards. <laughs> he comes to London far too often, okay? I got, I, it's like if I meet him, he'll just beat me up. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, simplicity is, you know, make things as simple. I don't know who said this, but make things as simple as you can and no simpler and you'll be fine. I like another quote, which is, um, true genius is taking complex ideas and making them simple. Well, I, I you know, I hope that's true because I like to think that I'm a little bit genius things. That's that I have, I can't, I, I can't function otherwise. It's like, I have to break it down to the simplest, simplest rule or it doesn't work for me. I, I genuinely thought you were going to say, I can't work unless my ego is stroked and I'm a genius. And I'm like, okay, you, you Ben, you are a genius. Keep working, buddy. Keep working. Well, I have no problem with that either. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> But, you know. Yeah, what, what, Adil? It's true. <laughs> well, who, are you, who are you talking about? All right, cool. So I'm going to get you to do this. Uh, it's my favorite part of the show. Um, and I'm going to ask you just three things that you can go ahead and tell people to help them out with going from, you know, wherever they are right now to the next level, whether that's they're going from a job to starting their own business or, most <laughs> likely, they have something like a business going on. They have an idea. It's not working out because of one reason or another, mostly mindset. Um but what advice would the great Ben Settle give them? Three pieces of advice they can take on board, or it could be one that's really massive, but the floor is yours. Okay, so 
nobody online wants to hear what I'm about to say. Yeah. But let's say that I'm starting out with $20 in my pocket. And I got, you know, I can't even get an autoresponder up, much less than anything else for 20 bucks, right? What I would do, and, and I've talked about this in my podcast a little bit, is I would go down to the pet store and I'd buy these, a bag of what they call do bags, which are the dog, that's the, the bags you pick dog poop up with. And I'd buy a, a, and that's it. I would just buy that. And I would go door to door in my neighborhood to any of the houses that I see dogs outside that are sitting outside all day, especially. And especially big dogs that have big poops. And I would knock on the door and I'd say, look, I just want to let you know I have this service where I'll clean up dog poop for X amount of dollars. And, you know, if if I don't do a perfect job, if you see even a smidgen of poop when I'm done, I will double your money back. And I would go door to door and do that. And I would try to average $20 a yard. And I would try to get as fast as possible up to five a day, five jobs a day. So that's $100 a day which, you know, is better than what most people probably make at their regular job. And then when I got that figured out and I had a good book of regular clients, I would go find someone else, neighborhood kid, whatever, to do it for me and I'd give them half that money. So I'd pay them $10 and I'd keep $10 and I would focus on getting more customers and I would scale it up like that. And then I would add in an online component. I I would start a local email list. I would have ads and papers. I would get lists uh, from the county of all the dog owners in the town, the county, the town, the, the state, and I would scale out. And eventually, I would start doing joint ventures with other pet-related services like groomers and kennels and people who train dogs and anything dog-related where I could sell their stuff to my clients or and vice versa. They could sell my services to their clients. And I would build that thing up. And you know what? If I... I despise the reason I got the idea for this is because I despise cleaning my own dog's poop up to the point where I wouldn't even do this myself unless I was destitute, but I would if that was the only thing I had left to do. So that's what I would recommend. Profiting with do bags. That right there is how you make a crap load of money, you bitches. No excuses. <laughs> my other favorite one, I, do you mind if I jump in and give this one? Because it's very. No, go right ahead. One of my favorite ones I used to was uh, Fiverr.com. Find a service that's really reasonable on Fiverr. Dead simple. Uh, if you're good at graphics, graphics. If you know how to speak English, teach English. If you know how to speak another language, teach the other language. Put it up on Fiverr. Dead simple. You'll get people that's to buy. That, that is, that is, it's a two-step thing. Do I know something? Yes. Can I speak a language? Yes. Of course you can speak a language unless, even if you're like a mute deaf person, you can speak sign language. There we go. Teach sign language to someone. And a, and a girl with a sexy voice oh. could clean up on 5R, right? Just by, like, offering to do podcast intros and talk to – leave messages so your girlfriend hears it so she likes you more, whatever it is. You know? There's so many different ways. There's, if you're a guy, by the way, just to quickly – being a girl has, like, massive advantages because, like, the sex appeal sells so well. But as a guy, you might be thinking, oh, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. Just learn how to master your voice, by the way. Like, if you learn how to master your voice, and I don't even know if Ben can remember this, but when Ben and I first spoke when I was 19, I still had a very, I grew up in the hood, so I had, like, a slight bit of a hood accent still left in my in my voice. And um, you didn't say anything, thankfully, but, like, when I listened back to that, to that replay, I found it somewhere, I was like, dear God, how did he not slam me on this? How did he not <laughs> take me out at, like... Fuck this little motherfucker. Yeah, whatever. I'll tell, I'll tell you why I didn't do it, and I, and I don't even have to remember why. It's because 
if you lived in America, you would know how sloppy my accent is from the Midwest. <laughs> I, I live in the West Coast of Oregon now, and I can't even talk on the phone without people. I can't even say my name to someone on the phone, and they have to they'll think, what'd you say? Subtle? Frank? Like, 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 I don't, I can't not pronounce my own name to these people around here with the understanding on the phone. So, you know, I'm hardly one to judge you. So, don't worry about it. So, yeah, what I was going to say was if you can, like, tone out your voice, because there are exercises to actually help out your tonality, I can tell you right now, as a guy, there's, like, a lot of work in voiceover work, teaching people. Um, teaching is a great thing, by the way. But, like, voiceover work is brilliant. So, it's um, something I, I taught a friend to do, which is really simple, by using Fiverr was build up his speaking portfolio and now he gets like jobs on radios in the uk to go ahead and like do their intros and be a dj nice. those days. very um, cool really big success story by the way quick side note um is a guy called 10 second songs i don't know if you've ever heard of the guy but do you remember um andy jenkins did a launch with mike phil saying video genesis yeah, that was a while back though, right? Yeah, and they had this like weird um, Afro dude that would sing like the transitions between scenes one, two, and three, whatever it was, like video one, <laughs> that, that guy. His name's Anthony, like Vincent or Anthony or Vincent Anthony or something like that. He's in California and he started out on Fiverr.com doing 10 second songs. He decided to release one song in 20 different vocal styles and it was Katy Perry Dark Horse and it's amazing. It, I highly recommend it, by the way. Um, that video did over four and a half million views in the first weekend it was up. Dave. Yeah, and that launched his music career. Now that's all he does. Small, <laughs> humble beginnings. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to start out with the big funnel. Right? Yeah. <laughs> or as a superstar copywriter or whatever. It's like these little simple things that people think they're too good to do. Well, I'll tell you what, man. I wish some, I wish, I wish myself today could go back 15, you know, 15, 16, 17 years ago and tell my former self the stuff we just talked about on this because it would have shaved probably over a decade off my journey. I would have given it to my younger self and then bit slapped him upside the head and said, learn this. And he would have been like, okay, because he was so Indian back then. <laughs> all right so ben thank you so much for being here and doing the show um guys go check out bensettleshow.com uh stalk him everywhere i'm not kidding like literally hunt him down if you can if you live in oregon find his house and give him a hug some cookies or something i don't know whatever bring some treats for his dog he'll be happy with that go clean my bring some do bags and clean her poop up and everything's all good. yeah there you go you, you i used to pay for it i, I don't have to anymore because i live in an area where i can just take her out to the public fields and stuff but man when i had to i hated it i had the ex-copying apprentice do it i hired her dad at first and then he stopped doing it and i she did it just as a favor to me such is my control over women <laughs> that's the power of the word ow goddamn elbow sorry i hurt myself um but yeah it's it's such it's been awesome speaking to you guys dude i really hope i can get you back on the show on late day as well absolutely man i'm sorry it took so long to do this i just was so burned out last month that i yeah, I wouldn't have been. I, I wouldn't have been much of a guest. So don't worry about it. We've all been there, and it's good. I totally understand. When you said burn, I was like, Ben just needs time off. He'll come back when he's ready. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, go ahead and check out Ben's stuff again. Another episode of Adam Marcy Unplugged. Done. Dusted. We'll be setting up another show soon, um, and look out for it. Ben, thanks for being here again, bud. Thank you, man. I appreciate it.